everybody glad to be in his service? Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Well, wasn't that rich word? First hour. Amen. But, uh, that you go to heaven off that. I go to heaven off that. Maybe I. I feel like I mean we're taking an offering up. We've had good word. I'm tired. I've been up since five. But <laughs> I believe that uh, got a little bread for you as well this evening. Let's lift our hands right now. Let's just love on the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Father, let there be a free flow of your spirit and your word, revelation, the spirit of revelation in this house. In Jesus' name, give us ears to hear, spirits to receive, faith to act, Lord, in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. God bless you. You can be seated. I... Uh, <clears throat> I'm, I am going to uh, try to take adequate time this evening uh, to cover what I believe uh, is, is a very uh, relevant and timely subject for the body of Antioch. Amen. Uh, if you have not picked up on this, there is a common thread and theme uh, that is in the word that is being that is being preached and taught, uh, and that is about our faith, our collective faith. Amen. Uh, Brother Simpson was talking. I mean, a lot of what he was talking about in first session was regarding faith. Bishop Wright uh, preached a uh, taught, preached, preached uh, about the lack of faith uh, or the lack of use of faith last week. And I believe that, uh, that I've come this evening to talk to you about why, your faith, why you stopped using your faith. <laughs> Amen. So I can tell you that more than likely it's probably going to get uncomfortable in here. But uh, I'm going to try to do my best. Brother Simpson was uplifting. You can leave and go to heaven with that word, right? Amen. I appreciate it. I appreciate the setup. So <clears throat> with that, I, I want to uh, direct your attention to Psalm 133. Uh, and this, this is probably one of my uh, most uh, precious passages of Scripture. The Bible reads, Behold how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. It is like the precious ointment upon the head that ran down upon the beard, even Aaron's beard, that went down to the skirts of his garments. As the dew of Hermon and as the dew that descended upon the mountains of Zion, for there the Lord commanded the blessing. Everyone say commanded the blessing. Even life forevermore. And if you're going to make me choose a uh, a, a scripture or a title here, 
this evening. That's not going right. Let's see if we can back this up. There we go. I want to talk to you about the law of flow. Now, there are principles that are in the Word of God that are, that are timeless. They are unchanging truth. It doesn't matter, matter whether you believe them, uh, whether you accept them, whether you practice them. They are, they are principles. They are laws that cannot, be, uh, that, that cannot be disproven, and you can't go around them. Amen. So this one particular law is, is the law of flow. And when you take this scripture and you begin to parse it out, what you'll find is, is that there is a, the reason that this is so precious and so relevant is that it's talking about a place that the body can get to. There is a place, Antioch, that you could get to that God commands His blessing. You don't have to ask for it. You don't have to pray for it. You just get to, you get to a place that God Himself causes it to come to pass or He is not God. Now, this blessing is, um, it comes from uh, the Greek word eulogy. And the first occurrence of God's blessing is Abram. God said, I will make of thee a great nation. I will bless thee and make thy name great, and thou shalt be a blessing. So what is this blessing? Galatians 3.13 says, Christ hath redeemed us from the curse of the law, being made a curse for us, for it is written, Cursed is every one that hangeth on a tree that the blessing of Abraham might come on the Gentiles through Jesus Christ, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through, what? Faith. And Antioch, the greatest struggle that we have going on right now is for our faith. Jesus prayed, prayed, prayed for Peter. He said, I pray that your faith faileth you not. And we are in a season right now where we are warring for our faith. Amen. We're in a place right now to where that there is, a, there is a transition that is occurring. And the way that anointing hap, the way that anointing flows is that anointing, it flows down. <laughs> and it's a generational thing. When they anointed in the Old Testament, they, they would anoint, and they just didn't come and dabble it a little bit on the forehead there. I kind of like that. Dabble it a little bit on the forehead. They poured it all over. They poured it enough, Yolanda, to where that the oil that had those senses, spices in there, it saturated the coat or the clothes that they were, that they were in, that they were anointed in. And when one generation passed off the scene to a next to the and the next generation stepped onto the scene, there was a coat that was passed down that had all of the anointing of a former generation in that coat, in the daddy, in the daddy's coat. It flowed down. 
And right now where we are, if I could just be so bold, is that we are in that season of where there is a new, there is a, there is a new fitting of an old anointing. There's a new application of an old anointing. And what activates that is our faith. And so the struggle that is going on right now is for your faith. Because if our faith feels, uh, fails us, the anointing is, it has no effect. It will fail. But if our faith <laughs> doesn't fail. All the oil that is in your daddy's coat that has been around this place, that has seen miracle upon miracle upon miracle, it's not just that anointing, but it is our anointing. It's our generation's anointing that is added to that anointing. Because the law of flow says that it flows down. It goes down. So this blessing that we're talking about where God commands the blessing is the blessing of Abraham that one person out of every family that is on the face of planet earth will be filled with the baptism of the Holy Ghost. And there is a place that we can get to, that we can move into, that God commands it. You don't have to figure out how it's going to happen. You don't have to make it work. You don't have to perform it. You've just got to get into unity. And when we get into unity, God himself steps in and says, there. Boom. Boom. Flow. The blessing of Abraham might come on the Gentiles. So what this, what this actually is talking about, it, it's a eulogy. And it is a, it is a commendation. It's a benediction, but it's a commendation. And actually what it means is, it, it means to invoke, not just speak, but invoke that blessing. It means to invoke what you say. So there is a place that we can get to that God commands the invocation that was placed upon Abraham, that was placed upon Isaac, that was placed upon Joseph, that was placed upon generation, upon generation, upon generation, that was placed upon elder, Right, that was placed upon bishop, right, that now is on senior pastor, right, that all of that begins to flow and there is a place that we can get to that God commands that blessing. I want to be in that place. I want to be in the place of unity where I don't have to try to figure it out intellectually. I don't have to try to do it by my own strength. I'm tired. I don't know about you, but I'm tired. It'd just be all right with me if Jesus just did it. Boom. Anybody work a full day today? I worked a half day, five to five. 
we can get to a place that Jesus steps in and he commands it to happen. So let's talk about how, what this place actually is. Is that there are three witnesses of spiritual flow that are given in this scripture. By the mouth of two or three witnesses, let every word be established. The first witness is the oil that was anointed upon Aaron. The second witness is the dew that fell upon Mount Hermon. And then the third witness, it, ta it talks about the blessing and that all liquids, this is just a natural witness, all liquids seek their lowest level. They always go down. If you ever get something that goes up, something, something is bad wrong. We've had an earthquake or something. And something, something is all messed up. You need to seek the hills then. So we've got these three witnesses of spiritual flow. So let's talk about the oil, the anointing oil that flowed down upon Aaron. First of all, I, I find it curious that God, in speaking about the blessing, he begins to talk about and gives examples of two materials that if you take oil and water, they will not mix. They will separate. They will naturally separate. You can't put oil and water together. The only way you can do it is you got to put heat to it and mix it. And it, and it will become a miscable solution. But naturally, they will separate. But God said that both of them flow down. So the oil is the anointing. It's the power. And it, it, it was anointed upon Aaron. And look where it went. It went to his beard. It says this, The scripture says that oil, it flowed to his beard, which is symbolic of his age. It's symbolic of that he's an elder. <laughs> that oil flowed down into his beard to the place that, that distinguished him that he was of full age, that he was in a place of authority. And then it also went on down to the, the edge of his garment that he had on. So in other words, the... the the garment that he was going to pass on to the next generation, it went all the way down. It filled everything that was going to be passed down to the next generation. There wasn't one part of that garment that was not saturated in the oil that he was anointed in. So oil is, sim is symbolic here of anointing. And there are a couple things in scripture that oil is used for. The first thing is that when you anoint with oil, the, the, the things of the tabernacle, the sanctuary, they were anointed so that they could be uh, sanctified. They were set apart for God's use and God's service. They were also consecrated, which means to be full, so that they, when they were set apart, they were full in what they were set apart. They were lacking nothing to be in service for what they were designed to do. 
And then another thing that oil is used for is you in baking, you need a little oil. And let's just be real here, right? There is nothing that comes as close to looking like a hostage situation as an hour worth of unanointed preaching. It's almost unbearable. I mean, I've been to university, right? There's not much difference between that. But when you take the Word of God and the anointing of God and you mix that, oh, man. Well, now all of a sudden, it's not one hour, but you can sit in good anointed preaching, anointed teaching for for hours, for days. I know, I've heard it myself. People come to manifest and they're like, man, Bishop has been teaching for like, my God, 16 hours, 18 hours. and I forgot to eat. (laughs) Because that anointing mixed with that word, there's something about that. Now here's something about that our elders. Let's go back to this oil that's on this beard, right? Anybody grown a beard anywhere outside of your chin, out of your, out of your mouth, outside of where you speak? I'm talking to you about apostolic authority for just a moment. The centurion came to Jesus and he said, hey, I, I got someone at home that's sick, but I'm a man under... Authority. I tell one to go, tell with the mouth, and he goes. I tell another one, stay, and he stays. I tell him to do this, and he does that. Apostolic authority always has this one characteristic. The elder speaks, and those that are submitted do. Well, praise the Lord. And when you get that turned around and flipped upside down to where that you are going to try to speak and the elder do, you've got bad things that are going to happen. So in unity, in the place of unity, where God commands the blessing, the anointing flows down. It flows down through the elder, but it's passed down to the next generation, those that are in submission by the speaking of the word. It is, it is an anointing. It's a flow that moves down from one generation for those that are over them, that have the rule over you, to you by their spoken word. Anointing is transferred in the New Testament by the spoken word. But it flows down. And when what happens is, is when you get out of unity and you step into a place that says, I will not submit. In other words, I will not delegate influence in my life to those that have the rule over me. 
You have just stepped outside of the way that the flow of anointing and power comes down. And then what happens is, is that your faith begins to fail you. I'm talking to you about faith. See, when the centurion came and he said, I'm a man under authority, I tell this one to go, that one to go. Jesus said, I've not seen so great of faith. Meaning that you cannot separate faith and submission. You cannot. And the problem that many of us have is that our faith has failed us because our submission has failed us. I, oh, I just snuck you, everybody, oh, praise the Lord. Huh, hey, huh. And some of y'all went, what? I, let me, let me, I'm sorry, let me be a little bit kinder, right? The reason that your faith has failed you, that your faith has atrophied, is because your submission. Has atrophied. I speak to you plainly. I speak to you what I believe that the Holy Ghost spoke to me. That the problem is with many, not everyone, but with many of you, the reason that you just feel disconnected, that you can, you just can't get into the flow is because you can't get into the submission. We might have to take up two offerings because this is that good. <laughs> Hallelujah. Because anointing flows down. And anointing flows down to the next generation by those that are over us speaking and those that are under are submitted by doing. And when you stop doing, you stop submitting. And when you stop submitting, eventually your faith will fail you. Let's just lift our hands right now. I, I, I feel the Lord. Jesus' name. God, speak to us. Father, I pray that faith would be here. That faith would mix with your word. That it would profit your people. That it would profit individually, Lord. That it would profit this body. In Jesus' name. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Let's talk about water for just a second. So we got this, this idea of anointing, of oil that flows down. And the, and the only way that oil, that anointing oil is produced is by, the, is by the beating or the crushing of olives. And what happens is, is that anointing power has to accompany, be accompanied with sacrifice or suffering. Okay? You get that? For your soul's sake. Not for the kingdom, for your soul's sake. You, something has got to be changed. In this case, the olive. In, in your case, you. 
you've got to suffer to be able to handle the anointing properly. Because the last thing that the anointing does is used for is that it literally means to make one shine. And what the anointing does is that it reflects the image of God. <clears throat> and so when you move out of submission, what happens is you begin to reflect yourself. You begin to shine yourself. You begin to shine your gift. I'll just, I'll just make, be real plain. You begin to shine your ministry. Your ministry. Your ministry. Did you get that? You begin to shine your Bible study. Your revelation. Water. I'm trying to move on. Trying to move on. So let's talk about water for just a second. Let me show you this. The dew. So oil, the olive has to be beaten. The dew is actually night rain. This is Mount Hermon. I know I'm probably not pronouncing that correctly in the Hebrew tongue, right? How do you pronounce it? You don't know either, okay. That's fine. That's no problem. As long as you don't know, then I'm good. Mount, Mount Hermon is in, uh, it is almost the north, most northern part of Israel. But it is the highest elevation in Israel. And the dew, this is a very, very uh, odd mountain range here. Because the dew that comes off of this mountain is one of the, it, there is so much dew that it is one of the four sources that feeds the Jordan. There is so much dew that comes off of this that it is one of the sources that feeds the Jordan River which runs almost the length north to south of the nation of Israel, of the country of Israel. And the Jordan literally means to go down. So it flows from Mount Hermon down to the Sea of Galilee, which is some of the richest, greatest fishing on planet Earth. And it outflows of the Sea of Galilee and descends some more into the Dead Sea. And the only difference between the Sea of Galilee, which is rich with life, and the Dead Sea, which has no life, is elevation. There is no place for the water to go down. So it is stuck there and it is heated and vaporized and that's how the salt builds up. But there is so much dew that comes down off this mountain that it feeds the headwaters of the Jordan. The Jordan. All the life that is in the Sea of Galilee is caused by this dew by this water. Don't you find it curious that God used oil and water both as a witness of how unity was supposed to work? <laughs> the mountain 
Herman, it literally means the sanctuary. In one translation, it is called the mountain of the elders. And it it is the night rain. So for the oil to take place, the olive has to be beaten. But for the dew to appear, there's got to be a night season. And what has happened to some of you is that you have stepped out of unity and you've gotten out of alignment with leadership. And now, what was meant to be your night season that fed life, you are beginning to despise the night. And biblically, a new time period always starts with the night. We want to start it in the day, but it's actually started in the night. And there are a couple of things that water are used for in biblical uses. Hot water cleanses, cool water refreshes, and still water reflects. And I submit to you tonight that the reason that God used oil and water as an example is that you'll find that the dew actually cleanses what it comes in contact with. And it is symbolic of forgiveness. So what has happened is that we are now beginning to not forgive our elders. Told you it was going to get tight, right? We've started despising the night season. And we say things like, just commonplace. Ah, we've heard that before. (laughs) Another tent revival? Because that, that water, the, the forgiveness that should be flowing down the body, that should be flowing down the body, is broken. And that flow is broken when we step out of alignment. And, and forgiveness, water does not come down. And so when we step out of unity we lose our ability to forgive. Because you are offended when you step out of... That's the three things that you always know whether you're offended. Offenses must come. That's that's book. You can't help it. Offenses must come. And the reason is, is that no man knows his own heart. And the three ways that you can know that you're offended is the Bible says that we, we are to weep with those that weep and rejoice with those that rejoice. And when we get that flipped and we rejoice when others weep and we weep when others rejoice, 
you are offended. They just got what they deserve. Offended. That's what you are. Unsubmitted. That's what you are. Because forgiveness is not flowing down the body. And you've lo- the only way that you f- can forgive is that forgiveness flows down to you. Forgiveness is a divine act. True forgiveness is the absence of the need for revenge. True biblical forgiveness is the absence for the need of revenge. And so what happens is that when you get offended and people start rejoicing, oh, I got a new job. God, why can't I get a new job? I pay my tithes. Or your brother loses his job. I knew, I knew, I knew it was going to happen. I, I knew it was going. I was praying for him, but I knew it was going to happen because they deserved. Did I ever tell you what they did to me? <laughs> You're offended. Offenses must come. Hallelujah. They must come because you don't know your heart. Another test of whether you're offended or not is whether you fellowship with someone. I'll just make it plain. If you can't go to any care group, you're offended. I'll come over here. Let's see if it's right over here. Uh-huh. If you can't go to any congregation, you're offended. I love you, but you are offended. You need, you need someone to stand up and declare to you without fear or favor that you are offended. And you need to deal with your offense. If you can't fellowship with people that are in the body, you can't be in unity because you have stepped out of where flow happens. Hallelujah. And here, let me get, let me just, we'll just get, we'll just go ahead and get real right. You ready? <laughs> See the Lord, he'll he'll bring people, he'll bring little helpers into your life. Yes, he will. God is good like that, isn't he? He'll bring little folks, little helpers. To see to whoa, hey, what hey, what was that? He'll bring little pe- little folks in there, just and you all of a sudden it's like, man, I, I didn't know that was in me. Right. And and what happens is we deal with those. We exercise our faith because true forgiveness is an act of faith. And when you can't forgive, your faith has failed you. Your faith has failed you. When you can't forgive, your faith has failed you and your faith has failed you because your submission has failed you. Because you can't fellowship. You can't be in unity. You can't 
find your place. So when you get all the little stuff worked out that Jesus is helping you with, he's using his helpers to help you get all the stuff out of your heart. Let me tell you then what happens. How many of you, this is leadership, right? Everybody want to be in leadership, right? Everybody want to be used of the Lord. Jason, you, 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 you want to be used of the Lord? Yeah. Everybody wants to be used of the Lord, right? Right? Yeah. You want to be used of the Lord? You want to be, everybody's shaking because everybody knows this is a trick question, right? The thing is, is that if you, you will have to have forgiveness that balances your anointing. And the more anointing that you have in your life, the more forgiveness that you will have to operate because it comes from faith. So after God's little helpers gets done with your heart, what will happen is, is that the man of God that you are submitted to even through the preached Word of God, because the Bible says that the Word of God is what? Sharper than a two-edged sword. It goes down to where you can't even tell the difference between your soul and your spirit, but it goes down right into the depth of it, and it separates so that it begins to deal with the motive, the intent of your heart. And after God gets done using the body, He will use your leadership finally to tell you to go when you don't think you should go or to stay when you don't think you should stay (laughs) or do when you don't think we should be doing And what is happening is, is that the Lord Jesus Christ has the reins of your heart. And He is testing your faith by revealing your submission. (laughs) And then what happens is, is you say, oh, well, they, you, they, that, that's just church. They don't know what they're doing. How about this one? Y'all probably never heard this. Well, it's church. They really just don't know how to manage money anyway. Ooh, it's quiet up in here. Up in here right now. I think I'll just stay a little while. You can get offended over your money that you give to the ministry because your money is not being used like you see fit. That's just Jesus trying to figure out whether you can be in unity where forgiveness flows down and faith is operated. And when you stop paying your tithes, It is an act of revenge. (laughs) You can can dress it up. You doll it up. You put lipstick on. It's still a pig. 
When you stop giving in the offering because you don't know where the money is going, you are offended. And the act of you not giving what you were giving is an act of revenge and offense and not faith. I love you. Say, I told you, Brother Simpson, he pepped you up. And I'm, I'm just trying to help you, trying to help all of us. Because what will happen is, is that if you don't understand this, you will be caught off guard when all of a sudden something creeps up out of your heart because it is not natural for us to submit or delegate influence to someone else in our life. You, someone, someone show me an employee that likes a boss coming in and saying, you know what, you're just getting about half the work done you need to get done. Anybody like that? No. Because it's not natural for us to want to submit. It is a divine act to stay in unity where things flow down. A divine act. I'll prove it to you. The Bible says that Lucifer was the anointed cherub. The anointed cherub. So I'm pretty sure what that means is, is that we've all felt anointing, right? And more than likely, we can all probably fake a little anointing. See, to shine, what happened, what the jewels that was on Lucifer's body, when the, when the light of God hit those jewels, it reflected in brilliance. He was the anointed cherub. You, when you saw Lucifer, you saw God. And when we are in unity, when you see, we are reflecting. You don't see you. You see God. So he's the anointed cherub. He knows what anointing smells like. He knows what it feels like. He knows, he knows probably what it tastes like. Because if you've ever been really anointed, you know, where they get, you get a little, anybody ever really been anointed? Where they don't just dob it on there or whatever. They take the whole thing and pour it over. You'll get, a, you'll get a little taste of anointing. It's got a little bitter wane to it, I'll tell you. <laughs> Lucifer knows what that feels like. He knows what it smells like. He knows what it looks like. So what happens is, is that when you step out of unity... And when you step out of the place where it is flowing from your elders, Lucifer can step in and counterfeit what you thought was kingdom and God. How else could God send strong delusion that you could believe a lie? Think about that for just a second. How could that happen? And the, re, the, the way that happens is, is that someone gets offended, they step outside, out of alignment, out of unity, 
And the anointing that they now feel is not from God. But now, it's working through them. And they begin to operate things in the kingdom by their own strength, by their own intellect, by their own devices. How else can a person be lost? What is the delusion that God sends? God sends allows a covering to be lifted. So your covering is your greatest protection. You don't realize and understand, you, you don't understand what it actually means for your soul's sake to stay in alignment because your covering protects you. And when you step outside of that covering, you are exposed to the counterfeit things that are not kingdom. Now, some of you, thankfully, weren't old enough to be around when Brother Mott was youth pastor. Because the first question when somebody came, said, you know, Brother Mott, I think, I, I think I'm feeling a call to the kingdom. You know, I think I'm feeling a call to ministry. Right? My first question was, well, are you anointed? Oh, yeah, yeah. I, yeah, man, I, you know, I, pre- I taught a Bible study. Hallelujah. I pray with folks. Talk in tongues, he got an accent. But the real question is that if you're going to be used in ministry, it's not how much anointing you have, but how much forgiveness are you operating in your life? <laughs> how much forgiveness are you operating in your life? To where that when the man of God says something, that you don't necessarily agree with, you got to mull it over a little bit. You got to pray about it with your friends on the telephone. <laughs> Lucifer can counterfeit anointing, but the one thing that he cannot counterfeit. Because only forgiveness flows down and you can only forgive once you have been forgiven. We love Him because He first loved us. And so if you have no forgiveness, you can give no forgiveness. And the one thing that Lucifer cannot counterfeit is forgiveness. It is a completely and utter divine act of faith in operation. And it flows down from our elders. And here's the thing, is that still water, water that's not moving, that's not flowing, it reflects. You ever seen a picture a mountain lake or something doesn't have any wind on it. And man, you can almost see the mountain perfectly, right? You want to image God in your life? Let forgiveness flow. Let there be such a depth. See, water that, water that doesn't move much on the surface 
it doesn't move much on the surface because there is a depth to it. It's deep. And when we don't have a deep flow of forgiveness in our life, we don't reflect what we should be reflecting. We image ourselves. We image our faith. We image our way. But when there is forgiveness, that is a deep flow of forgiveness that is coming down through us, we image our elders. We image our leadership, which in turn we image God. The reason that God chose water and oil for us to understand that there, is, that there was a place of unity is God needed us to understand that you cannot operate anointing without also operating forgiveness. And if you ever try to operate anointing in your life and not operate forgiveness, you will be lost because God will send strong delusion your way that you would believe a lie and be damned. Let's lift our hands right now. Jesus' name. In the name of Jesus. Speak to us, Lord. Speak to us, Jesus. God, I pray that you would bring to light those things that the offenses that we've allowed to remain in our spirit, in our minds. In Jesus' name, God, bring to remembrance right now. Reveal to us, Lord, the things that we've allowed, the words that we've allowed to get into our system that have separated us from the, and brought us out of alignment where your flow happens. In Jesus' name, Let's just, let's just hold right here for a moment. In Jesus' name, come on, come on, someone. God's speaking to you. It's just by faith. God, I give this to you. Lord, I don't want this, I don't want to keep this in my spirit. Well, your church attendance, the reason that you have trouble coming to church is because you have trouble forgiving. You are offended. It's not that you're tired, it's that you are offended. It's not that you are busy, it's that you are offended. And you have allowed things to get into your life that you now consider to be a priority, but it all started with an offense. Your faith failing you started with an offense. Don't fix your faith. Go back to the offense in Jesus' name. Father, I, I lay myself bare to you, God. My heart. 
In Jesus' name, God, everything that's in my heart that's not like you, I pray that you would give me the faith to deal with it, Lord. In Jesus' name, come on. I feel the Spirit drawing right now. Maybe someone in here, you'd, you'd want to find a place to pray. You'd want to find a place to get some stuff right in your spirit. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, touch us, Lord. Touch us, Lord. In the name of Jesus, come on, let's stand to our feet right now. In Jesus' name, let's lift our hands toward heaven. I think I'm done. I think it's time to let the Spirit begin to deal with us on an individual basis. In Jesus' name. You're wondering why your ministry doesn't have any fruit? It's because God's dealing with your motive. The fruit of your ministry. Fruit doesn't fall very far from the tree. And if you are offended... The fruit that you bear will be born in offense. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, Father, I curse bitterness and the root of bitterness that's in our hearts, that's lodged in our spirits. In the name of Jesus, I curse it and command it to die. In Jesus' name, in the name of Jesus, rise up, faith. Live, faith. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. The name of Jesus. The name of Jesus. Father, I pray that faith would be resident in this house to deal, Lord. Give us grace to be able to deal with our offenses scripturally, to be able to deal with our unforgiveness like you dealt with it, Lord.
Supply your grace in Jesus' name, the name of Jesus. I leave you with this. That here are, by the mouth of two or three witnesses, let every word be established. God supplied three witnesses to be able to tell whether you were offended. The first one is, is that when you, and I've already stated this, is that when you weep, when those that rejoice, and you rejoice when others weep, you get that flipped. The second test of offense is, is that when you call good evil and evil good. When you can fellowship more with the world than you can the body, you prefer the movies more than care group or the bed more than Sunday morning daughter work You are offended. I love you, but I can't tell you anything other than that. You are offended. When you call good evil and evil good. And the last test is, is that when you cannot fellowship in unity. And that word unity in Psalm 133 literally means to find your place. When you cannot find a place of serving and giving, and let me just say it like this, you cannot find a place of flow. You cannot be the Sea of Galilee, but you, be, you are the Dead Sea. You are offended. Because there is no place for things to flow. And you will take the glory of God to yourself. And eventually you will be lifted up and God will send strong delusion your way. If those things are operating in your life, if the test in your life if you look at those tests and you say, that's me, I pray, I pray for your soul's sake that this week you would find a place, that you would find your prayer closet and you would get things right between God and you, you and you, and you would get things right with you and the body including those that have the rule over you. Many of us have a faith problem because we have a submission problem. We are carrying around old wounds and old offenses, and we are using those to justify our faith not working. We are using that to justify us not being involved in the kingdom. Let's lift our hands right now. Thank you, Jesus, for your goodness, for your mercy, 
for your time, for your goodness. God, I pray that this week that you would allow each person to find space, to find time, to deal with those things that we've allowed to be in our spirit that are unlike you. God, that have tainted the way that we see things, that have tainted our faith, Lord. Jesus, your word declares that death and life are in the power of the tongue, and they that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. God, let our words ring in our ears that we would be able to hear the result of offenses that we have allowed to be in our spirit and undealt with. In the name of Jesus, in this season that this body is in, that we are contending for our faith, that we are contending for uh, our old anointing, for our elders' anointing. God, I pray that our faith would fail us not, that you would grant us faith, that you would grant us forgiveness, Lord, that we could operate with pure motive, with simplicity, those things that you have given into the kingdom. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, help us, God. Help us, Jesus. Father, I pray that the spirit of revelation would go with us to our homes, to our work, to our lives, to our personal lives, Lord. In Jesus' name, let the spirit of revelation move upon us. Reveal to us, Lord. Reveal to us everything that does not reflect you. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Jesus' name. God bless you. Thank you for being here tonight. You are dismissed in the fear of the Lord.